630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. To McDavid out of the corner to dry sidle to the net scores! Leon dry sidle puts it home. It's a power play goal, and the Oilers are up 4 1. Two goals and two assists from Leon Dreisaitl. Two goals and two assists from Connor McDavid as the Oilers mostly dominate the Arizona Coyotes to win it 5-3 tonight. The Oilers go to 14-5 on the season. Leon Dreisaitl leading the NHL through 19 games. He has 20 goals and 20 assists for 14 points, or for 40 points, not to... uh, but little what Connor McDavid is doing, who has 36 points in 19 games. But Leon over a goal a game, over two points a game, as Edmonton able to get it done tonight. The Japanese Village Goal Light is on, by the way, on 630Ched.com. You can go print up a coupon for a free appetizer to Japanese Village. Try the legendary Wagyu steak cooked before your eyes. Reserve now at jvedmonton.ca. We turn that on whenever the Oilers score five or more in a game, which they've been doing fairly often this season with Drysdale McDavid leading the way almost uh, every night, Rob Brown, and Dreisaitl's numbers are uh, eye-popping. Like, if if you hadn't, for some reason, followed hockey for a few years, but were a fan and knew how stats worked and what players usually have, and someone handed you this, you'd say, well, that's, that's incorrect. That's a good, that's that's, a good that's, season that's a mis- is what you would say. That's a misprint. He's got a 20-goal season on uh, <laughs> on November 24th. Yeah, it, it, it's incredible uh, what Leon and Connor, but let's talk about Leon first, has been doing on the on the season. Uh, it's uh, he's, he's on pace for 86 goals. He's on pace for 170 points or something along that line. I think with his plus two tonight, he's up to about plus 13 on the season. He's 57%-ish in the face-off circle. He, he's, he's having MVP numbers. And uh, you're, you're thinking, well, Leon's just getting into the prime of his career too. We got, we're going to see this for another four, five, six straight years. So it's been a wonderful start to the season for, for Leon and the Edmonton Oilers. And when the Oilers won the lotto to get Connor McDavid, you're thinking, okay, we're going to see a generational player for a decade or two here in Edmonton. And it's going to be so much fun watching Connor McDavid break record after record and be mentioned with the Gretzkys and the Lemieux and uh, the Bossies and, and all of the greats that have been around. But that was an expectation. That's what everyone knew that was going to happen. Well, Leon has is, is already won an MVP and a, and a scoring title. He's right now leading the league and probably if they were naming MVPs, in the National Hockey he's been the MVP through the first quarter of the season and his name is being mentioned with they showed up at 20 19 goals in 19 games they had him up there with Gretzky and Curry so not only do we have the luxury of getting to watch Connor do all these special things we got a second player that's doing it as well so it's unbelievable the start that he has had this year 5-3 the Oilers win over the Coyotes here's head coach Dave Tippett uh effort tonight and getting two points well, we started a little bit slow, and then we got going a little bit. And, uh, you know, as the game went on, I thought we got better and better. We started to play uh, kind of a sound version of what we want and capitalize on some opportunities, and we're able to get uh, get the win. What's it like to have a power play that kick-started, that uh, slow start, turned it into a little bit more progressive play in the second period? Well, a power play gets you momentum, but you get momentum by working, like winning 
winning races, winning puck battles, stuff like that. We were we were a little slow the first few shifts, and then we got going. Power play got us uh, revved up a little bit, and we were better the rest of the game. The advanced stats in that second period were heavily in your favor. How big of a period was that you got for you guys to maybe build on? Uh, for the rest of tonight's game and heading into Vegas? Well, we talked about we have to be better. The first period, we were all right, but we need to be better in the second period. So we come out, we play a lot better in the second. What can you make of uh, Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid and their willingness to lead, uh, especially coming after a loss like that and kind of taking the onus on their shoulders? Well, we needed that. You know, last night we weren't very good, and, uh, and both those guys included in that. We didn't have a very good team effort tonight. We wanted a better team effort, and those guys do what they do, but I thought the rest of our group was pretty solid too. And uh, what can you maybe say about this stat that I'm about to read? Because when I read it, I couldn't believe it. Uh, Drysaddle becomes the only player in Oilers franchise history not named Wayne Gretzky to hit 40 points before the 20-game mark. That's pretty good. I know, because the other guy was really, really good. So <laughs> Drysaddle must be really, really good too. How special is it to watch yeah, these guys in, in their prime right now? Uh, they're really good players. They're really good players, and we have to keep, you know, they want to play to their strengths, but we have to continue to build our team around them. You know, they uh, a lot of nights they'll do their part, but we got to continue to build our team game around them, and they want to be a part of a winning team. And uh, like I say, they do what they do, but we need to we need to make sure we're playing the right way with everybody around them, them included, to give us a chance to win every night. You decided to mix up the lines uh, in the top 12. You went with a familiar guy in Cassian. They've had yeah. long-term success before. What about Cassian's game makes him so effective alongside 97 and 29? And we we're just, you know, sometimes you get going and it's just kind of a little bit of a rut, and we felt like we were that was the case last night, and we kind of juggled things last night. We went back. Cass has played there before. He's got some familiarity with those guys. Um, you know, Nuge and Hyman and, and Yamo has actually been a pretty solid line for us when we put them together. I wanted to see what Pugliarby could do in Cass's spot there. And then Sevier has actually been real good. We, uh, you know, he's been pretty solid. So we put him between uh, the line we had back at home there and, uh, and Benson and Turris, and they were all right. So just juggled things up a little bit, juggled things, but then had some consistent, you know, some things that we've seen before. So um, just just trying to freshen it up a little bit. We've talked about the turnover on the back end due to the circumstances. What did you think of your decors overall play tonight? Pretty solid, actually. They, you know, we're, we got a really unproven group back there right now, and they uh, they were pretty solid. When it comes to an unproven group like that, is it just a matter of keeping it simple? Yeah, that's part of it. That's part of it. you got to not overdo things and make sure you're, you know, when you get a chance to clear the puck or make a good play, you got to make a good play. You know, we were, we were pretty solid in that area tonight. And how did you evaluate arrested Miko Koskinen's performance? He was solid. He was solid. You know, made a couple of good saves there than when we needed him in the first. And a uh, uh, couple of bad bounces and one, the one kind of banged around the crease there and and Costas Beer comes up with it, but uh, other than that, he was real solid. What'd you think of uh, William Lagason's first game? You know, he came. He was steady. He was steady. We we needed our whole D to to play a, a steady, you know, kind of methodical, solid game, and that's what Leggy did. A fourth line uh, looked like they had a lot of jump. They created yeah, they turnovers, were, created opportunity. Yeah, they were. They were. They had some opportunities. They were. Especially when you're in a back-to-back, -back, you need you need everybody contributing, and, uh, and we needed that energy from them tonight, and they gave it to us. Take three questions on Zoom. Terry Jones, Jason Gregor, and Jim Matheson. Go ahead, Terry. Uh, you're old enough to remember uh, 
the legend and lore of uh, 50 goals and 50 games. Uh, can you speak to that and uh, um, and just the idea that you've got a guy on this team in Leon that's uh, that's on a pace to do that and it hasn't happened in a long time in this league? Yeah, it hasn't happened in a long time. I know there was lots of... Uh lots of fascination with it when it was happening whether it was Gretzky or uh, Bossy or I don't know if Yuri or Curry did it once or not but uh, Brett Hull I mean there's lots of fascination with that and Leon is finding a way to keep pace with it so we'll see where it goes but it's uh, it's I think it's harder to do today and Leon uh, Leon is finding a way to keep pace Jason Greger go ahead Dave when you when you decide, you mentioned just things weren't going, so you put certain guys there. Um, your team overall is scoring a lot of goals, 5-on-5, five five, I think you're top five, but you've got quite a few guys who aren't scoring. Is that a concern at all? Yeah. You know, there's... So how do you how do you get those guys going? Do you think five on five? Well, there's 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 different. I mean, you're looking for different things. Um, you know, if you look at like Nuge's line tonight, they had some chances tonight, and uh, McLeod's line didn't probably have as many as we'd like to see, and and Sevier's line got some tonight. So it's a it's a matter of capitalizing on some of that. You know, it's uh, it's a little bit of a different case. We got that power play runs so hot, and uh, and those guys get a lot of that time. So you got you got to find ways to score in other other veins, you know. So we'll keep tinkering with it till we hopefully we can find a line that can consistently chip in. But uh, but it's certainly a concern. Final question, Jim Matheson. Go ahead. A couple of things, Dave. What does Cassian bring to the line that Puliarvi doesn't bring? Well, right now we're just looking about. They're both big guys. They play a similar kind of game. You know, Pooley is a little bit snake bit around the net right now. We're just looking for maybe somebody that that uh, can finish. You know, it's just it just seems like both Hyman and Pooley have been a little bit snake bit, and we threw Cass up there just to see if uh, see if we could come up with something, and uh, and it worked out for us tonight. So it's uh, it's just about. You know, players get hot. They, you know, there's there's times when it seems like everything you shoot goes in, and then other times that uh, you're having a hard time finding the net. So you're just trying to find somebody to finish a little bit tonight. And, and you know, we wanted to tweak things. We feel like we've been a little bit stale here the last three or four games and just trying to tweak things. And Cass was a guy that, uh, you know, we gave an opportunity tonight, and it paid off for us. One more question. Uh, the cross-check uh, on McDavid right into the, cross, into the goal post, what did you think of that? And the slash before the cross-check. It was more yeah. a push than a cross-check. The, the slash on the hands before that and the, and the cross-check or and the push into the post. Dangerous play. Thank you. This concludes tonight's media availability. That's Dave Tippett, head coach of the Edmonton Oilers, who beat the Coyotes 5-3 tonight. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown, Hartland Ford, overtime, open line. So the Oilers, again, didn't start the game very well. They fell behind. At one point, they were being outshot 6-1. But, Rob, starting in the second half of the first period, until about five minutes left in the third, mm-hmm. the Oilers did dominate the game. I, I mean, the Coyotes, yes, couple of goals make it interesting the Oilers obviously didn't finish the game as well as they wanted either but they but they still get the win but really um once the Oilers were able to crank it up against this team they they were in control I mean uh, from the end of the first period until 
five minutes left in the third, the Coyotes had seven shots, and they had one shot in the first 15 minutes of the third. Well, it should be that way if you look at the Coyotes' lineup. Uh, you and I had to go through uh, this sheet that we have, the game notes, time and time again because we'd like, okay, who's that? Okay, who's that? This is not a, a strong team. They're at the bottom of the standings. Uh, they will be at the end of the season at the bottom of the standings. The others should dominate a team like this. Uh, they should have come out better. Uh, again, falling behind, and they saw that when they play good teams like Dallas or teams that are veteran-laden, that they find a hard, they have a much harder time coming back when they start slow. Against Arizona, it was just a matter of time they were going to take charge in this game because the Oilers are a much better hockey club. They've got two players that Arizona cannot handle in Leon and Connor. But, yeah, it, once the Oilers got rolling... It was just, it was a clinic. And it wasn't just, I know that the, the top line got all their goals, but the other lines were very good. This was the best the fourth line has played all season long. Uh, the McLeod line was good. The Nugent Hopkins line had a number of chances. Hyman could have had three or four goals himself. So the, this team played, there was a stretch in there that you expected the Oilers to play like because they're the better team. There was a stretch at the beginning and a stretch at the end where there was some nervousness, where the Oilers didn't play up to their capabilities. But at the end of the day, this is a game that you would expect them to win 99 out of 100 times. And tonight they got the two points. Koskinen made some clutch saves in the final five minutes when Arizona was making it a tighter game. He finishes with 24 stops. He's now 10-2 and two on the season. Sportsnet stats put this out. So McDavid got his 400th assist tonight. Fewest games needed to reach 400 career assists in league history. Gretzky did it in 290. Mario did it in 353. Peter Stastny, there's that name again, in 411. And then uh, McDavid does it in 426. Well, every time there's a milestone in the next number of years, whether it's Leon or Connor, we're going to see them in the top three or four or at some point, maybe the top one or two. Uh, They are having those kind of seasons, those kind of a career. And it's kind of neat. We, uh, for for guys like myself and you, are a little bit younger. The players that the, he's starting to be named with each and every time he does something is guys that we grew up, and they were the heroes. They were the superstars. They were the greatest ever. And now Connor McDavid and Leon, their names are being thrown in with those guys. So it seems like it's almost weekly that they do something special that we get one of those stats. All right, so five goals tonight. That's a $500 donation to 630 Chad Santa's Anonymous, courtesy James H. Brown and Associates. Unrivaled experience, unrivaled commitment, unrivaled results. James H. Brown and Associates giving 100 bucks every time the Oilers score this season and they've been doing a fair bit of scoring they came into tonight uh, third in the league in goals for per game at 3.72 okay 780-496-0063 is how you can get in touch here he is i wonder if he was at the game chris in phoenix checking in tonight hey chris how are you doing let's go oilers yeah i just uh just left the game uh unfortunately i kind of well fortunately i kind of got in a little bit late so i got the I missed that first Coyotes goal, which I'm, I'm, I'm kind of happy about. Um, but all in all, it was a, it was a pretty solid, solid uh, bounce back game uh, from the Oilers, considering they laid a, a stinker last night. Uh, I've got a question for Rob, uh, being that he is uh, he's a he's a he's a former player. Like, wh- what is what what is with the Oilers with these late starts? As in, like it, it seems to take them like some adversity or something to, to, to get them to, to, to start. Like, I, I, it's been happening 
like probably the last 10 games or so. And it, it's kind of, I, I don't want to be a downer because, you know, we did win and I think we scored another two goals in the power play. But I'm just, it, it's just, it's worrisome because it's, it's just, if we start a game off and we dictate the pace, a lot of teams out there can't can't play play us. And it seems like sometimes that we just kind of play to the other team's, you know, pace. And it just kind of, it's, it's frustrating. But other than that, it was a great game. Uh, Connor doing Connor things and, and Leon doing Leon things. And, and there was a coach out there that told Leon one time, don't necessarily have to think of yourself as the second best player on the ice. You can also be the best player on the ice. And, and Leon is is just phenomenal. And uh, that's all I got, boys. And uh, great game. And let's go Oilers. Todd McClellan, of course, told Leon that early in his career. Well, there's the question we've been trying to answer for nine times in the last ten games. The Oilers have not scored first. They are five and four in those games. The problem is when they get to the playoffs, you're not going to have the lesser lights to play against and come back against. Uh, when you get to the playoffs, you're going to be playing better teams that know how to close out games. So if you start falling behind in those games, uh, you're not going to have the the winning record. You're, you're going to find yourself in trouble. And I don't know what it is tonight. The goal, the first goal against, it was against the Oilers' best players. Mm-hmm. Connor and Leon were on the ice when that one was scored. And there was there was about a five or six minute stretch where Koskinen had to make another couple of big saves. Or they, they Coyotes could have extended the lead. The Oilers starts are not good enough. They need to be better. They know they need to be better. Fortunately for the Oilers, they're able right now in the regular season to outscore and outplay their bad starts. But that's something you do not want to take into a playoff series. 5-3, the Oilers win it tonight over the Arizona Coyotes. We're going to take a quick timeout. If you're on hold, stay there. You're also going to hear from Leon Dreisaitl, who lights it up again. This is Heartland Ford, Overtime Open Line. center ice Kessel comes in on the right wing stops up drops it to Keller out to Kessel the shot that save made by Koskinen as Kessel had a good look that is Miko Koskinen's save of the game courtesy reface magic transform your kitchen with ease see the magic at refacemagic.ca Koskinen gets the win the Oilers beat the Coyotes 5-3 tonight to go to 14 and 5 on the season Arizona's record drops to 4-14 and 2 they had won two consecutive games but back into the loss column tonight okay here's another stat we're going to give you the winner for set the line it is Douglas who gets a $50 River Cree Resort and Casino gift card. Excitement bet on it. I set the line at four and a half for blocked shots by Chris Russell tonight. Mm-hmm. Now, why in the world would I possibly pick that? Well, if he would have got five blocked shots tonight, he would have passed Brent Seabrook for the most blocked shots in league history now since the NHL started keeping the stats 16 years ago. So it's a relatively new stat. Uh, but still, he would have been number years. one. He got three stats. Uh, he got three shot blocks. So he's uh, under. So Douglas had the under, so he gets the $50 River Cree Resort and Casino gift. He card. will break the record Saturday night against Vegas. Vegas shoots a lot. They will need Chris Russell getting his body in front of pucks. And Russell had... Zero through two periods. He had one until there was five minutes left, so he blocked two in the final five minutes when Arizona started shooting a lot more. I wonder, I, I would think from this era would be the career leaders anyway. Uh, well, yeah. It, well, it's funny. Near the end of my career, so my, the middle of my career, if someone blocked a shot, 
you got a standing ovation because it wasn't expected of the players. If you got into a shooting lane and the puck hit in the shin pads, everyone would cheer. Uh, at the end of my career, or just right, that's when it started where the coaches are like, okay, you don't block shots, you don't play. Yeah. And, and you saw players having to learn how to do it. You would practice it to learn the proper way to lay down. And nowadays, I, I mean, you, if, unless you are a superstar, every other player on the team must put their body on the line and block shots every time there's an opportunity to. You cannot get out of the way. So it's, it's exciting. So, yeah, absolutely, I agree that the record that is held by Seabrook and is going to be held by Chris Russell, I do believe that will be the record when, if, if you would have gone back 100 years of the NHL. And the thing that's scary about it, the players shoot harder now than they've ever shot in the history of the National Hockey League. It hurts more now. Yeah, I mean... And you think how forwards used to block shots, it'd be doing a pad stack yeah. up at the top of the circle, timing it. Okay, just when the guy lowers his head to take a slap shot and doesn't see me, I'll go down on my side and block the shot. And now your Fred Legwood, the defenseman, was known for the giant shin pads. Well, and I saw, I played with him. Well, the, we talked about last game, the one game I played with Dallas. Right. And he's got, like, they were massive, and they were the same shin pads he had, I think, in midget hockey. He wore them through his entire career. He started stuffing uh, cotton in there to try to give it a little more absorption when he blocks shots but yeah it's it's the expectation now and now you you front you face them you face the guy that's shooting you don't turn sideways if you don't have to but yeah it's you've got to be brave to do it because it stings and now a lot of the guys now wear the moldings that go over top of their their skates to protect your feet because the leather on the skates doesn't protect you at all so if you do get hit in the foot broken feet are very common um yeah i I give chris ruddle chris russell huge huge uh, props on on the ability and to block shots day in day out and the courage to do it because it's it's not an easy way to make a living that has changed so much because a lot of times when you see a, a point shot it's often a, a wrist shot where a defenseman's trying to flick it through a crowd so there's there's off there are often four players between the shooter and the goaltender mm-hmm. but sometimes three of them are the goaltender's teammates because the forward pressuring the point man will get, like you said, get in the shoot l- shooting lane. Whereas, like you said, when your career started, you might have been told, "Well, let let your goalie see, see the puck." Like if you could steal the puck, sure. But other than that, get out of the way. Well, now you're told to get in the way. And then sometimes another back checking forward is going to be by the hash mark. And then the defenseman is often battling with a an a, offensive forward in front of the net. But he's also, as you said, fronting the shot. So now. <laughs> well, that's the thing that's changed since when I played is the defenseman in front of the net. When I played, if I was playing, for example, against New Jersey, I would be facing my defenseman and Scott Stevens would be behind me, cross-checking you. Right. Nowadays, the, the defenseman front you. They, they don't, they're not behind you. They're in front of you and they're trying to block the shot. It's completely different from from 20, 30, I guess 20, 30 years ago when I played because it's a long time now. And just that's just the way the game has evolved. And it, nowadays, you have to block shots. And Chris Russell has done it, well, on Saturday night, will have done it more than any player 
possibly in the history of the National Hockey League. That's our adjustment of the game for pro drain techs for peace of mind down the line as the Oilers win in Arizona. 5-3 is the final. Four points for McDavid, four points for Dreisaitl, three points for Cassian tonight, who got up to the front line. Well, that line had a 11 points. They were plus six, and they had 19 shots. The line uh, of, of McDavid, Dreisaitl, and Cassian. Cassian was good. Cassian... Uh, had the three points, and we, we talked about it with Bob, and you and I talked about it between periods. He easily could have had two or three more goals. Wedgwood made some big saves on two-on-ones that Cassian was the benefiter, or the, got the benefit of a great pass from either Connor and Leon, and Wedgwood came across and made big saves. But they were dominant, absolutely dominant, and I would expect, fully expect them to be playing as a line again on Saturday night. All right, our hotline is presented by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed Pro all the way, 780-496-0063. We have Robert standing by. Hey, Robert, go ahead. Hey, guys, how you doing? Good. Well, I mean, I guess uh, I, mean, I, guess I want to start with tonight. Uh, I think that, uh, that McDavid, Dreisaitl, Cassian line, obviously, I think the... I think that line for sure uh, definitely drove the bus tonight. It was a great game by those three. I thought the other three lines were okay. I mean, the, the McLeod, McLeod, Fogel, Pogliarvi line I thought was good too. But uh, and well, well, and that's the one. I, that leads me to uh, that leads me to uh, to my question about the the Oilers. Uh, I guess the slow starts. I'm uh, I'm kind of wondering is this. Uh, is it a combination of the of the Oilers starting slow, or the other team starting fast, or do you think it's a bit of both, in the sense of maybe the maybe the other team is being told, okay, like we're we're playing the Oilers, we don't want to fall behind against these guys. Well, yeah, I mean, every team's going to say that, but they're going to say that about all the teams they play against. Don't fall behind the Penguins. Don't fall behind Colorado. Don't fall behind Vegas. This, to me, is more an Euler problem than opposed the competition or the opposition starting strong. The, the Oilers, when they push, when they try to set the pace, as we saw most of the game tonight, well, for example, Arizona couldn't keep up. So if the Oilers would have pushed the pace in the first five to six minutes of the game, the Oilers probably get the lead early, and all of a sudden it could become a runaway because Arizona would have to uh, open up a little bit more. So, no, this is, to me, is is on the backs of the Oilers because this is something that's not just from this season. This has been a number of seasons in a row where the Oilers seem to have slow starts to hockey games and have to make the, the comebacks as the game moves on. Yeah, I, I mean, we're talking about it a lot, and... You know, like I, I said last night, Craig McTavish, when I had him on the sh- my show last week, said as a coach, he didn't want to talk about it too much and then plant some sort of seed in the player's <laughs> head where they're thinking like, well, wait, like, wait, we won, but we didn't start. Well, do I got to worry about it? Like, what's what's going on? But uh, there's, yeah, enough media, right. there's enough media out there right now. Every player knows exactly everything that's been talked about. They know they get off to slow starts. And, some, and actually sometimes, and this goes to more what Craig McTavish is talking about, sometimes they start pushing and start trying to uh, force plays. And those plays turn into turnovers and go the other way. And I think that's what Mac T is saying. Well, if I start 
putting this pressure on them. Now they'll get out of our game plan early because they want to do something special, and it turns into a turnover, and then all of a sudden the other team scores that way. Right. So uh, it, it, hopefully it's just one of those things that uh, equals out over the course of the season, and at some point they get on a run where they score the first goal in 9 out of 10 games. That's what we can hope for. The Edmonton Oil Kings won tonight, also 5-3. They beat the Red Deer Rebels. As we check the scoreboard for Edmonton Trailer, looking for parts, service, rentals, or new and used semi-trailers, head to edmontontrailer.com. Busy night in the NHL, 14 games, because there will be no games tomorrow for American Thanksgiving. What are we watching now? There's still, what, what, that's, this un, is, that's Umbrella Butterfly Girl. Though this is from a halftime show of a basketball game. Yeah. I thought maybe it was more L.A. King stuff to go You didn't mind if helmets. I turned the channel. I wanted to watch Butterfly Umbrella Girl. She was pretty good, though. Can we w- put A&E on? Maybe there's a Law & Order rerun. <laughs> well, that'd be pretty good. But no, seriously, that girl was... She was twirling was, nine umbrellas while I she was just, laying on her back. I just didn't expect to see it on a sports highlight show when I looked up. It you looked, just don't appreciate the athleticism. Well, I'm not into halftime shows. And, and, you have, and you have said I've, that. I've made that clear several times. The Sharks beat the Senators 6-3. The Bruins knocked off the Sabres 5-1. Panthers over the Flyers 2-1 in overtime. The Wild beat the Devils 3-2 in a shootout. Like, if I booked the Super Bowl halftime show... It would just be like Seinfeld telling a few jokes. Okay, back to the game. Penguins beat the Canucks 4-1. Capitals over the Canadians 6-3. You you do know that you are never going to get that job now? And if anyone ever offers it to you, I'm going to send that clip because I don't want to watch some comedian. I want to watch a a good concert. Oh, I can dream. (laughs) Blue Jackets 3, Jets nothing. Red Wings over the Blues, 4-2. Rangers beat the Islanders, 4-1. Golden Knights win, 5-2 against the Predators. Oilers play there on Saturday against uh, the Vague, uh, the Golden Knights, I should say. Avalanche uh, beat the Ducks, 5-2. Maple Leafs ring up the Kings, 6-2. The Kraken get a victory, 2-1 over the Hurricanes. And, of course, right here on 630 Chet, it is Oilers 5, Coyotes 3, as Edmonton goes to 14-5. and on the season. Though we heard uh, one of the questions for, for Dave Tippett tonight was talking about Leon on pace for 50 and 50. And I just went through a list of all the players that have done it. It's a very small list. Yep. And I guess my memory is gone, but Wayne Gretzky scored 50 and 39. Yes. And he scored five in the 39th game. Yes. I didn't realize or remember he scored four in the 38th game. He scored nine he goals. Forty one to 50. Yeah, he scored forty one to fifty in two games. I'm like, I remembered five in the thirty ninth game, the empty net goal to to get it against the Philadelphia Flyers. I didn't realize he'd score four in the game before that. That's a pretty good back to back for for Wayne Gretzky. As Connor or as Leon Drysettle makes his push to be added to another uh pretty cool list as he tries to get fifty and fifty. Okay, so halftime show. It's yeah. Sharon Lois and Bram. But they're playing Guns N' Roses songs. That'd that's be cool. What, that's what I'm going to book. Seven eight zero four nine six zero. Oh, you know what? That is opening night of your casino. That's who you're going to book. Oh, that's a great idea. Thank you. We have Rocket on the line as the Oilers win 5-3. Hey, Rocket, go ahead. Well, Rob, you, you stole my thunder once again, as you always do. But uh, it's exactly what I was talking about. When is Leon Dreisaitl going to get... Um, the accolades that he deserves hovering underneath McDavid like Messier did back in the day. Leon Dreisaitl, um, in my opinion, is is actually a better hockey player than Marc Messier. Marc Messier 
was a tough, physical, mean son of a bee, as you all know back in the 80s. And now we're looking at two players. Connor McDavid gets the limelight all the time because he skates like 9,000 miles an hour and has highlight reel plays. But Leon Dreisaitl is this 200-foot player, proven, face-off, penalty kill, everything. When You're right. We, we, the Oilers have two generational players. When who the best is, really, Leon Dreisaitl is leading the team in points. It's not McDavid. No, you're right. It's, it's funny that when I talk with buddies or people about hockey, and you bring up Connor. It's it's all accolades. You bring up Leon. There's always someone that finds something. Well, he's lazy at this situation. Oh, he doesn't do this properly. And I'm like, okay, he, you do know that he's leading the NHL in goals, in points, and he's in the top three or four in plus minus, and he's in the top three or four in face-off percentage. And if the Oilers are shorthanded five on three, he's the guy that comes out. And if there's ever an important face-off in any time of the game, Leon takes it we have the two best players in the NHL and on any given night, it's either I, either, either or it there's, and we just talked about it and, and Reed referenced Tom McClellan telling Leon, you don't have to be the second player on best player on the ice any night. You can be the best. And there are nights that he is. So the Oilers are fortunate and every other team in the national hockey league is jealous. And I would imagine the other 31 teams fan bases wishes they had one of our two superstars because we were fortunate to get to see both of them each and every night. Kellen Kennedy has just informed me that it is just Sharon and Bram, as Lois has unfortunately passed away. Oh, I'm I did sorry not know that. that. I, I heard that they were do, making some sort of a comeback. I didn't realize that unfortunately they had lost a member. So, uh, they can still they can be the opening act then at your opening night. Yeah, re- no, they could still it could be Sharon and Bram. I just feel bad I didn't know Lois's past. Reed, they just dropped an album like this week. Yeah, I yeah, that's what I'm saying. I knew that because I'd I'd heard that they, they were uh out again. Mm. I just didn't realize they had lost a member. So that's sad. It is it's I very I sad. I wasn't trying to make light of that. No, it is is Yanni does it is Yanni still around with us? Ninema? No, Yanni, yeah. the the flutist. Because that'd be another person you could I think have it's flautist, opinion. isn't it? If you play the flute, aren't you a flautist? Why? Are well, you, that's just the trout. Well, is it a trout? If there's lots of trout, is it trouts then? I mean, like, why do you have to change the main letter in it? No, I, well, I didn't make the, I didn't make the grammar rule. Okay, well, I'm going to look it up now. Yanni is still alive. Yes. There you go. So Yanni can play. What about Fred Penner? He is. Uh, he just celebrated his 82nd birthday, actually. This Fred halftime Penner. show is getting better all the oh, time. Oh, my it goodness is. gracious. You actually might want to sell, start tell, selling tickets. But again, it's all children's artists and Yanni, I guess, doing Guns N' Roses songs. Absolutely. Have you ever heard uh, Take Me Down to the Paradise City on a flute before? No, but we will when I book the Super Bowl <laughs> halftime show. No, it's not the Super Bowl. It's your house. I'm thinking it's the big. opening of the casino. No, I'm thinking big. I'm, th- I'm still thinking Super Bowl. Okay, your backyard. Oilers uh, 5-3 over the Coyotes. Tony is on the Certainty Hotline. Hello, Tony. How's it going, boys? Well, we're doing great. How are you? Um, I have mixed feelings about the last two games. Uh, I could go on and on and on about the refing. I'm tired of it. Anything that Karn McDavid or Leon Dreisaitl do that is, that requires a penalty, let them get away with it. I don't care anymore. Okay. Um, the one thing, the one thing I've been wondering for you guys 
is besides us when we're down two or three goals or on a back-to-back, does it ever bother you that Tippett is switching lines instead of, you know, keep it like everybody says that Leon, that we're more dangerous when Leon and Connor are on different lines. And now we have a guy that is gritty and we paid five point some odd million dollars for him from Toronto and we just seem to always put Leon and Connor together. No, well, no, that's not correct. I'm looking through my notes because I write down the, the starting lines for the last game, the, every game. Hyman, McDavid, and Pugliarvi had started the last eight games together as a line. Oh, I, I, haven't, I haven't looked at the, like, it's just that for some reason, for some reason, the last few games, it seems like as soon as we're down, we're down, we stick, we stick to that line, and I understand, you know, they're better, you know, together. But I've also heard that we're better when Leon and Connor are on different lines, and they can man their own line, to, and they can man their own lines. Well, they yeah. they can. The, the getting Hyman allowed the Oilers to do whatever they want because Hyman can run a line himself. I mean, I have a hard time arguing the fact that Dave Tippett put Connor and Leon together tonight when Connor and Leon scored all five goals on the same line. So I mean, I don't understand how there could be any disappointment or frustration in that. Dave Tippett has moved it all around this year, and what he's done has been pretty successful as the team is 14-5 and five on the year, one of the top four best teams in the National Hockey League, and their two-star players are 1-2 in scoring. Uh, to me, I think, as he has for most of his tenure here, Dave Tippett, when he makes decisions, they've turned out to be the right ones. So I think it was... Uh, Tonight he had a feeling playing Connor and Leon together that the Arizona Coyotes would have no match to it defensively, and they didn't. They, they had five goals and easily could have had another four or five goals. They were dominant. I don't know if they played in their end much this game because they were so good. So I'm Dave Tippett looks at the other team's lineup, looks at his own, and then decides which was the best way to put his lines together. And tonight, I mean... I think the the stats show that he made the right call as his star players together uh, scored five goals, were plus two, and had 11 points as a line. Yeah, I mean, I got all the lineups here. No, I know, uh, yes, they do change during the games, yep. but most of the games they have started with Hyman, McDavid, and Pugliarvi as a line, the majority of the games. Now, yes, sometimes McDavid and Dreisler are going to play together, but even though we talked a lot about Hyman uh, getting be, being a winger for McDavid, he's really a winger for the top six. Yes. Whether he plays with Drysdale, McDavid, or 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 Nugent Hopkins. Well, one of the problems that the Oilers had when they put Leon and Connor together is Nuge would try to carry a line, and what we've seen in the last number of years that. Uh, five on five, he hasn't been able to carry a line. Penalty killing and power play, he's been fantastic. But five on five, uh, he hasn't been able to drive a line. So they went and got Hyman. And we, what we have seen is Hyman has the capability to do that. And he does it different way. He does it through brute force and taking the puck to the net and being a, uh, an absolute bull out there. So that's what they got Hyman for. Hyman wasn't just brought in to say, okay, you're playing with Connor McDavid. Hyman was here to make this team a better hockey club, and he's done that. And sometimes he's done it playing with Connor, and sometimes he's done it playing with R&H. And he's given Dave Tippett the luxury and the ability to move his lines around depending on who the Oilers are playing. And with a 14-5 and record, 
uh, he's been right more times more times than not. All right, Oilers win 5-3 tonight in Arizona. Four points each for McDavid and Dreisaitl. Certainty Hotline, we have Chris standing by. Hey, Chris, go ahead. Hey, good evening, gentlemen. How are you tonight? Quite well. I have a question for Rob. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you remember the movie Seabiscuit, the racehorse. I remember this. I, I don't know if I saw it, but I do know the, the story. It. But yep. Well, there was a part in the movie where they were training the horse to jump ahead or leave the gate, uh, and they had to train him how to just leave. And so they trained him with a bell. It's op- you know, it's operant conditioning and behavior shaping and stuff. So my question is, is and it's reasonably easy, is that everybody does the physical stuff. Did you, probably not in your day, but do they have just a good behavioral psychologist that can help shape the behavior with a little bit of visualization or something and maybe get them out of the gate, so to speak, a little quicker? I, I would think most teams would have um, access to a, a behavioral guy. Yes. I, 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 when, when I played, we, we had one. He wasn't around all the time, but when you wanted to talk to him or they'd bring him in at times. So, yeah, absolutely, they do. And uh, they've, I've been on teams where they brought in motivational speakers to try and uh, get you thinking in a certain, uh, a certain way before games or, or things like that. So, yeah, absolutely. That is a, a lot of players have their own guy that they call up on their own. It was on speed dial. Okay, you know what? Things aren't going right, right, well well for me right now. I need to talk to someone. Get me out of this funk. I'm not scoring. Whatever it is, just to let them start getting the mental side of it and, and work on those things. So I don't know if the team would bring in a guy to say, hey, we need better starts. But, but you're right. It is it, physically the Oilers are good enough and talented enough to start better than they do. So, yeah, it, it, it probably is mental. I don't know what it is, but you're right. It is probably mental. They have a mental block for the start of for the first five to seven minutes of hockey games that they somehow have to get over. Yeah, definitely. Player teams have psychologists yep. available, and uh, yeah, like you said, some players will have th- their own person or mm-hmm. someone they know from who's worked with them throughout their career that they will talk to. That is an interesting yep. side of the game, and pr- probably one we don't uh, hear a lot about whether it's something as uh, serious as a a mental health issue, and we've seen players have to take time off, or just something where a player might say, this is bugging me, I I feel like uh, three weeks ago I could do this, and now I don't feel like I could do it. You know, there there are people for... Well, you have those conversations. You think about it. You, these, say, you have a player on your team that's a, a fifty million dollar player, and you are making sure that he is physically fit. He's got the best equipment to work out with. He's got a fitness guy. He's got a skills guy. He's got the, a nutritionist. But uh, that's only one side of of being a professional athlete or a person in general. There's also the mental aspect, and it's been a lot slower coming in pro sports, but over the last 15, 20 years, they've started to really put a lot more effort and a lot more time and a lot more money into that side of it for the athlete. Because at the end of the day, there's not a lot of difference between players at the top level and the level right below. The biggest difference is the mental side of it. They're able to do it with consistency. If you bring any player up from the minors and he'll go and have two or three game stretch where he looks really good, then there's a drop-off. Well, he's shown that he's capable of doing it, but why can't he do it with consistency? A lot of it is the mental aspect of it that teams are now starting to put a lot more time and effort into that 
you may as well. You got fifty million, hundred million, whatever tied up in this player, and hundred or what a seven, eight hundred million dollar franchise. You want to make it as successful as you can. And if you've got uh, someone that can talk your or talk to the players or help them through the mental side of it to make them better, well, you got to make every effort to do that. Yeah, it it is really interesting, and I've talked to. I mean, it's all sports now when you get yep. to the high levels. Uh, I mean, I've talked to curlers. It's, mm-hmm. like it's, a, it's four men or women. Like, that's the team. Yep. You know, and they, they'll have – I've talked to curling rinks that have a psychologist mm-hmm. they talk to. Okay, how, how are we manage our relationship? If, if, if we feel we're in a bad position during a game, uh, who, who's, who's the calming influence? What are, the, some of, what are some of the phrases we use to calm ourselves down or refocus if we have a bad end? Like, it's, it's actually really interesting. Well, and the pressure nowadays is bigger than it ever was because of social media, because of 24-hour media uh, on its own. There's all this pressure. I know my son's in theater, and he's gone and, and talked to people. And it's amazing how much f- better they feel coming out of it. And, and, and it works, and it helps. And uh, very, very important. You got to be, you got to be mentally healthy as well if you want to be at the top level. Not just physically. You have to be mentally healthy. Well, Leon Draisaitl is healthy and firing away. Four points tonight. He leads the NHL with 40 points through 19 games as the <laughs> Oilers beat Arizona 5-3. You'll hear from him in a couple of minutes when we get back to Heartland Ford overtime open line. Drysaddle on the right, back to the blue line. CeCe, one-timer that hit Cassian. Here's Drysaddle, scores! Leon Drysaddle fires it home, and the Oilers are up 2-1. He's on fire. Four points tonight. The Oilers are 14-5. They beat the Coyotes 5-3. Here's Leon. Leon, how did you assess your team's performance in getting two points back on the board after last night? Um, I thought we started slow, and then we kind of found our legs, and it thought actually for yeah maybe I don't know 45 minutes of the game were actually really good um, you know we, we kept them in their zone kept it fairly simple um, every line was kind of kind of going and um, obviously you need that but um, you know we, we obviously want to limit those those last two goals at the end there to to make it a tight game it's, it's kind of unnecessary but um, we'll learn from it and, and um, you know get that out of our game uh, your head coach electing to go with you, McDavid, and Cassian on a line. You guys have had success in long stretches in the past. What is it about Zach Cassian's game that complements yours and Connor so well? well? I think he knows how to play with good players, right? Uh, he reads reads the game really well. Uh, big body, he goes to the net. He knows where to go to, to be effective and, and give, uh, give us the room that we need um, to, to make plays or create something. So... Um, yeah, we, we obviously love playing with him. Uh, he's a great player, so, um, you know, he, he had a big night. He was really good tonight. Uh, did Connor apologize about not getting you the puck on that empty netter? Because I know he was trying. No, I don't need an apology. That's okay. <laughs> I I almost had to apologize to him because dragged drag my leg a little bit there. It was close, but thankfully he went in. Leon, I know you're not one to really comment on yourself, but you achieved a feat tonight that is pretty incredible you're the only player in franchise history not named Wayne Gretzky to hit 40 points before the 20 game mark what's it like to be in that kind of company with the greatest player of all time <laughs> yeah I mean uh, it's, it's great of course um, but you know we, we get a great group and, and it's about winning on our team and, and obviously that that's my way of helping the team um, 
from from time to time and and you know obviously Connor helps me out so much and um, you know with without line maids or especially Connor but anyone really um, you know this this is impossible so um, you know obviously we're, we're looking to keep going um, you know th these are stats that um, at the end of the day don't don't really matter you talked about your group you talked about your teammates and they've had to rally a little bit here, especially the guys on the back end. What did you think of the defenseman tonight? Yeah, I thought they were really good. Um, you know, they kept it simple, uh, made the right place when they were there. Um, um, you know, they're, they're all good players. Like, we're, we don't need to act like they've never played in the NHL. Um, you know, they're all really good defensemen that, you know, have been in the league for a long time, most of them at least. So, um, yeah, it was, it was a good night. I thought they were really good tonight. I know some of your teammates have talked about, uh, you know, the adversity that you guys have been facing, the, the road struggles a little bit, the injuries. Could this be a rallying point for your club for the rest of the season? Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's you always need to rally when, when there's guys down, right? We're missing two of our uh, top, top four defensemen, so uh, that's always a, a grind, and that's, that's tough, tough to compensate, but I think we're doing a really good job right now. Um, so tonight was, was a step in the right direction, I thought, and um, we're obviously looking to keep that going. Take one question on Zoom. Terry Jones, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead, Terry. Go ahead and unmute your mic, Terry. Uh, yeah, when you were a kid growing up in Germany, were you a, at all aware of the legend and lore of 50 goals and 50 games and that kind of special... Uh, uh, number that was uh, is it hasn't happened for a long, long time. Uh, and would it mean anything to you to accomplish that? Uh, first of all, no. Um, I never really got to watch the NHL when I was younger. Um, second part, um, I think it's a little. Um, I don't know what to say. I guess it's a little. Uh, crazy to think that I'm going to score 50 goals in 50 games um, you know obviously right now pucks are going in for me but um, you know this is a tough league to score and so um, you know I, I don't expect to 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 hit that stat um, at all so um, just obviously you're going to keep shooting if they go in great uh, I know there's going to come come times where they're probably not going to go in and can you just discuss the uh the idea of a goal a game, uh, uh, that's a pretty pretty cool number. <laughs> you expect me to score 82 goals this year? <laughs> that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. So, um, again, it, you know, obviously playing with 97 makes it a lot easier. Um, a lot more free, free ice out there uh, with him. But, um, you know, I, I don't. I don't expect that of myself. That's not anything that's, uh, you know, realistic, I think. So uh, I'm just going to yeah, continue doing my thing. And, and if they go in, great. If they don't, then, um, you know, it's a, it's a hard league to score in. All right. Well, he's over a goalie game so far. So it's been fun to watch uh, whether he gets 50 and 50 or 82 or, or whatever by the end of the year. That was Leon Dreisaitl. He and McDavid. Both had two goals and two assists tonight. Cassian, a goal and two assists as the Oilers beat the Arizona Coyotes 5-3. Miko Koskinen, 24 saves. He is now 10-2 and 
on the season. So the Oilers' next game and our next broadcast, Saturday night when they visit the Vegas Golden Knights, 3.30 in the afternoon for the face-off show. They'll drop the puck at 5. Bob Stoffer will have Oilers now from noon to 2 tomorrow. I'll have inside sports from 6 to 8. Get more on this game and on the Oilers on 630Ched.com or globalnews.ca. Big thanks to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer this evening. We've been in the Friesen Brothers Broadcast Centre. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. You've been listening to Heartland Ford, Overtime Open Line, Edmonton 5, Arizona 3, your final. Have a great night. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.